Ah, yes, hour number two on a Thursday. Hope you're having a good one. A little 223-23 for you today. Chad and Zay with you. We are an hour away from the album swap discussion. A little Def Leppard and ODB on the show today. You won't hear that many places, but you're going to hear it here. Along with the Brandon Miller discussion, 41 last night with all that swirling around him. A crazy uh, good performance, and they needed it. Bama survived South Carolina last night and will probably remain number two in the country. We talked about that story. Aaron Rodgers coming out of the retreat. Now what happens with him? Vance Joseph's going to be the D.C. in Denver. And yes, Cowboys fans are trying to figure out if Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons are just being confident or if they're walking too far over that line into the cocky realm and they need him to stop. We'll We've gotten plenty of texts on both sides of that today. 337-3776 is your Specs text line. Coming up, the Flex segment at 1.30, including some of the basketball stuff, Wednesday night Flex from last night, and more offers and visits from local talent. Right now, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Speaking of talent, he is one of our best. He is Jeff Howe, Horns247.com. Check out all the great stuff there. Check out the Longhorn Blitz podcast. If you missed it, tonight at 8, right here on the Horn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Light the Tower, 10 to noon every day, at Jeff Howe, 247 as well on Twitter. Mr. Howe, what's going on? Uh, if I have a talent for anything, it's probably writing, uh, you know, long run-on sentences and doing mediocre radio. So I, I guess if that's a talent, uh, hey, you, you know what? You do have some talents, and I'm gonna, I'll go, I'll dig into one of them right now. Two of your, two of your best talents, I think, are a talking professional wrestling, which I won't have you do here. But the other one is your love for great hip hop and rap. Today, I will be discussing. ODB's Return to the 36 Chambers, the Dirty Version album from 1995. Do you have any thoughts for the people on ODB? What time are y'all doing that? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. All right. I'll be the baseball availability, but if you can't be by the radio, make sure you go to the podcast page at hornfm.com because that's got the potential for radio gold. So, <laughs> Yeah. The question is, is that going to be more gold, or is Zay breaking down Def Leppard's hysteria going to be more gold? No, no, it's, it's definitely <laughs> you breaking down ODB. Yeah, question. yeah, baby. Oh, man, I know that was a compliment towards me, so I appreciate that. It really Jeff. was. Yeah. He <laughs> wants to hear you talk about Pour Some Sugar on Me. He's not so sure about me uh, talking about... Uh, you know, talking about the the uh, the thirty six chambers record, he's not quite sure about that one. That's fair. That's fair. I I, I totally understand it. All right. Uh, so Jeff, I was just talking in the crab bag about the bright LED lights because I'm pumped for Longhorn fans. Um, I love the way the LED lights have been used in college venues. I can't wait to see what that's going to look like outside of that superficial piece of information this week. What jumped out at you from the CDC stuff? What do you think is truly important for Longhorn fans? Yeah. I- I think for me, it's uh, it's the grass playing services for for football and baseball. Uh, and I know CDC said it's going to be a pretty big undertaking to do it this because do you think about it? In this walks entire entire existence has been artificial turf, so there's no irrigation system. They'll have to build all that out. But the reason why that's significant to me is, you know, I remember the first conversation I ever had with David Pierce 
Uh, he talked about wanting to play on grass. There were two things he wanted to do cosmetically at the dish. He wanted to move the fences in, which he got done, uh, and he wanted to, to have a grass surface, a natural grass surface. And, and I think when you go back to DKR, and I'm glad CDC finally laid out what I've been saying for years because, I mean, I'll be honest, Tom Herman straight up told me that's why you know, they haven't gone to grass in the stadium was you know, once they get a, a, pra- a, a new indoor practice facility figured out and stop having to use the stadium for off-season workouts, then they'll look at putting grass in DKR. Uh, and the fact that it's coming in, I go back to something CDC said long before the SEC's discussion was on the table. You know, he mentioned wanting natural grass surface, talking about in the SEC. I went back and looked at it, Chad. The only schools in the SEC that play on artificial turf, uh, Vanderbilt does and Missouri does. Everybody else, the other 12 schools in the SEC are all on natural grass. Oklahoma's on natural grass. So in 2024, Texas is only going to be one of three schools in that conference to be playing on artificial on an artificial surface. So, uh, like I said, that was long before the SEC Texas the SEC discussion was on the table. But the fact that you know these are two cosmetic changes that I think are really good for both sports, uh, and the fact that they're both coming online at some point in the near future, I'm I'm pretty excited for both. Jeff, CDC said when it came to Texas and A&M playing against each other, you know, he said everything is up for debate, which, you know, I guess that's all he can say right now. But Texas fans, they want to hear that that's a sure thing once the Horns go to the SEC. But we know that, you know, that three-game package of those must-games with Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, that's wishful thinking, and that's what, you know, hopefully everybody would get. But how do you think that will alter the rest of the league like will it be fair to have those three games and then still have to play a Alabama or a Georgia that that could be much but this is why you're going to the conference in the first place yeah I, to me Zay with an expanded playoff it makes all the more sense and it, it makes sense why you can keep you know you could even keep a non-conference game with with Michigan or Ohio State because it's you know, I think in, a, in an expanded playoff, it's not going to penalize you as much as it would right now. Um, as far as the A&M game goes, you know, everything we continue to hear on what the – this is just from the Texas side of what the, what the expectation is, is that, you know, like you said, A&M, uh, Arkansas, and Oklahoma are going to be the three permanent opponents. I, I think there's two bigger questions for me that I don't think anybody has an answer to right now uh, when it comes to Texas and Texas A&M. One is, are they going to play that game Thanksgiving weekend? Because, Chad, you know this, and, and everything I've heard from, from Aggie fans and, and kind of some people that are dialed into what's going on there, you know, the, the A&M people, I'm talking about the fans and the powers that be, they really like playing LSU Thanksgiving weekend. They, they really like what that game has become for them. Um, and, and I've heard some thoughts that maybe they want to keep it that way and play that game Thanksgiving weekend. So when is the game going to be played, and where is that first meeting going to be played? Uh, because, you know, we've already heard Ross Bjork come out and say, no, we're pretty confident we're going to get that game. Uh, I think on the Texas side, they would tell you, well, if you just look at it, the last time we played, it was in College Station, so, so shouldn't it be in Austin? Uh, I'm not as concerned, Zay, about the, the three permanent opponent thing falling through. Uh, I think A&M will be one of Texas' three permanent opponents, again, based on everything, you know, we've been able to gather so far. Uh, at horse twenty four seven, but I think the the when and the where to me are the two bigger questions with that game. Chad, I don't know if you've got a preference on either one of those. I'm just glad that game is coming back because I was one of those people, you know, covering it from the Texas side that said, ah, you know, 
I think you can plug in somebody else and make it work. And then I remember that first Thanksgiving when TCU, and this is no disrespect to TCU, but that first Thanksgiving sitting in the press box with TCU coming to town, I was like, yeah, this doesn't really feel the same, like, at all. It just right. doesn't, doesn't have the same kind of juice to it. So yeah. I don't care where or when. I'm just glad it's coming back. I'll give you a couple interesting thoughts from uh, from the, the game A&M's playing now. I've had LSU fans tell me they hated the idea of Thanksgiving Day. And they pushed hard against it. LSU pushed hard against that. They loved the idea of Saturday. So they didn't like the idea of Thanksgiving Day. And honestly, I don't need it on Thanksgiving Day. I just need them to play. We could alternate between your backyard and my backyard. I don't care. I want those two (laughs) to play. So I don't need it to be there, but I'd prefer it to be that Saturday. Either the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving, but I've enjoyed the Saturday part. I've enjoyed getting the Thanksgiving holiday and then getting to go hit your tailgates on a Saturday and then roll over to, you know, whether it was Kyle Field or Tiger Stadium, but I'd like it to be Kyle Field or DKR. So I'd like it to be that Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'll call it with you. Make it Thanksgiving weekend. you know, the Egg Bowl is the only game that's on Thanksgiving night, and that's I think that's plenty when you talk about three NFL games. And plus, I, I think if you, especially that lead, the first year that that game is back, you want to put that in a TV window where you can maximize eyeballs as much as possible. Yeah, and as far as where you play it, it's an interesting point. It was always even years in Austin, odd years in College Station. So you're right to mention, if it's going to be 24, that would be Austin if you want to keep that pattern. But I've also thought maybe as kind of an olive branch in a way to the Aggies, especially the Aggies that were a little butthurt about the idea of Texas coming in, maybe you say, all right, let's start in College Station because of that. But you could also do my weird idea, which is just a televised TV event, and then just flip a coin at the end. Just make it random. I don't care. I don't care if they have to go equidistance and like play in LaGrange or something like that, just as long as this dude. thing happens. Oh, dude. We could play at Caldwell High. Does Caldwell High have a decent field? Well, whatever. I don't care. Yo, how much they're playing uh, into these Texas football just... stadiums? Right. Come on. <laughs> Jeff, you know there's got to be some high school stadium. I bet if we went to – heck, what's Florence's stadium looking like right now? Can we get over there? Uh, I actually think Florence's stadium might be a little more up par than, than Caldwell's last time I was there. Okay. Oh, That's fair. That's fair enough. Um, I'll tell you what else was up to par. That Longhorn basketball team, they were up to par and then some uh, against Iowa State. What did you make of the performance and how much of it do you think was lightning in a bottle and how much of you? How much of it do you think they can carry forward now into these three games? I think you can carry a lot of it forward because of your ball pressure and you were able to force turnovers. And, you know, what I loved about that game was pretty much everything that Texas did wrong or that went wrong for Texas, they either did right or went right for them in this game. And I'm talking about the first meeting with Iowa State. Uh, you know, they got sped up on offense. They turned the ball over. They didn't shoot it well. Uh, they couldn't. They, they allowed way too much downhill penetration, way too many good looks for three. Uh, Iowa State didn't get a lot of clean looks at the bucket in that game. I, I thought this was – probably the best defensive performance Texas has had all year. Uh, the fact that they were able to score. I mean, you turn, a, you turn them over 16 times, you got 26 points off of 16 turnovers. That's, I mean, you're, that means you're, most of those are live ball turnovers and you're scoring off of a really good chunk of those. So the points off turnovers were huge. I just felt like Texas was the tougher team. I mean, they were not the tougher team in Ames. And, uh, you know, I think having 14 offensive rebounds, really shows kind of the grit, the effort, the toughness that Texas played with. And, I mean, you can go look at the box score and you can say, well, 
you know, between Dylan DeSue, Dylan Mitchell, Christian Bishop, and Brock Cunningham, none of those guys really had like rebounding numbers that would really just jump out at you. But you can find specific instances with those four guys specifically where they got an offensive rebound or tipped one out or dove for a loose ball that really kind of set the tone from a physicality standpoint that Texas didn't play with uh, in Ames last month. So, uh, And, again, I, I just think I've said this before. I think between DeSue and Bishop specifically, you just need one of them to give you something, right? Like if one has an off night, the other one's got to give you something. And you look at when this team's been really good, they've been able to do that. But I just think that the, the fact that Texas was the tougher, cleaner team in this game, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you can be buttoned up and, and that can carry you through. You, you can take that with you going forward. Yeah, some great points, Jeff. You know, one thing when Chris Beard was on the sidelines that drove me crazy would be he, he would refuse to put Christian Bishop and Dylan DeSue in the game at the same time. And when you lack the size like this Texas basketball team does, sometimes you're just going to have to do that. And we know in the NCAA tournament, if you want to win all six games, you're going to have to play different styles of basketball depending on the matchup that you have. And Coach Terry, he's done a really good job. Sometimes you'll see Dylan DeSue and uh, uh, Christian Bishop in at the same time. And sometimes you'll see Brock Cunningham and Timmy Allen being the four and five. Just Coach Terry's done a terrific job, plus this coaching staff with just a great feel of the game. That's why he's had all these comeback wins and stuff, and I think that's going to benefit the Horns once March comes around. Yeah, you know, they. to your point, the, the lineup I was thinking about, I looked up at one point in that Iowa State game, uh, you know, if I remember right, it was a four-guard lineup with Hunter, Carr, Rice, and Ontario Morris, and Dylan Mitchell was your five. And there might be some teams where, hey, you can go small, and depending on the matchup, man, Dylan Mitchell can function as your five, depending on what you're doing. Now, obviously, that's not going to be a lineup you play a lot of minutes with, but if you need it situationally, uh, I agree with you 100%. I think that's one maybe underrated thing about Rodney Terry is just his ability to kind of have a feel for the game and adjust his lineups accordingly. And then maybe maybe you throw out a look that's a little bit funky that might take the, the opponent some time to get adjusted to. Uh, whether it's been a big lineup or, or a small lineup, like the ones you and I both just talked about, I agree with you 100%. I think he's done a really, really good job of being able to mix up lineups. And then more often than not, it's been the right mix, whatever that mix is, big or small. That is Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com. Jeff's uh, on his way to a baseball availability today. Indiana coming in this weekend. LSU in a midweek this next week. Jeff, what do you want to know today from uh, Coach Pierce before this Indiana series? If there's any changes in the weekend rotation, uh, I'm not expecting there to be any because I felt bad for Travis Staley during that Vanderbilt game. I mean, he did his job, uh, you know, being able to induce ground balls. The defense just let him down and then uh, you know, you play with fire too much and you're going to get burned, and he did when he gave up the grand slam, and it was pretty much church at that point. So uh, any changes in the weekend rotation, it feels like, uh, and I think you can go back to, to Coach Pierce's conversation with Bucky and Aaron this morning, uh, you know, Chris Stewart as a bullpen, mate, maybe he's the guy that's emerging early uh, as the guy that can kind of be their stopper. So, uh, And then just watching this offense evolve. I mean, I, I think you look at them the other night, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that's athletic enough that if they can handle the bat in the short game, uh, you know, be a team that, that bunks really well, that's smart uh, on the base pass. We know Coach Pierce is going to be aggressive, but uh, there's a fine line between uh, aggressiveness and recklessness, and you just need to make sure you don't cross that line too often. Uh, they, they can put a lot of pressure on you 
with their ability to run, especially at the top of the line. If we're talking about Kennedy and, and Campbell uh, and Porter Brown, so uh, just just didn't David Pierce's take on the offense. And again, if, if he's going to change anything with the rotation or if that bullpen even through four games, if he's starting to get an idea of guys on that back end that he can really count on to get tough outs. That is Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz Podcast, and, of course, Light the Tower. Jeff, I know you got a job to do, but I also know you're upset that you're not going to get to hear me breaking down Brooklyn Zoo later. But I do appreciate the visit, and uh, we will have fun. T- we'll have fun talking about it. Zay will report to you how I do. Zay, when is, uh, when is Chad breaking down DMX? When does that happen? Oh, soon. You going to get me on a DMX record? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I might have to get him on both of those 98 albums that he dropped in the same (laughs) year that went number one. But soon, Jeff, I got him. I I think part of me, I know uh, It Is Dark and Hell Is Hot would be the popular pick, but someone tells me Chad's mind might be a little rocked if he went through uh, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood from from (laughs) open to finish. Nice. We'll do that the same weeks I have Zay breaking down like Sgt. Pepper and Led Zeppelin 4. We'll do that. We'll get that. We'll get that going on. <laughs> there you Th- go. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, good stuff there. All right, yeah, we'll talk about uh, a world Jeff Howe knows a lot about and loves, and that is the world of hip-hop. I will be talking a little ODB. Zay's going to be digging into a world I love. I am wearing the Def Leppard shirt today. He's talking Def Leppard's hysteria. I am really interested to hear what he enjoyed and didn't enjoy about hysteria. Coming up next, though, we got the flex segment for you. We got more offers and visits for some of the local talent around here. An offensive lineman you may be familiar with from one of the schools around the area has a couple visits coming up. We got the Wednesday Night Flex show to remind you about if you want to go back and listen to that. And high school basketball. Big games tonight getting started in the next round and a big game coming up tomorrow night that we'll talk about. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right. Before anybody sings, is it Rapture? That's right. There's Debbie. Blondie? All right. So I've never asked a hip hop fan this question Does this song get respect in the world? Oh, yeah. As kind of a foundational element? Does it get love as, hey, you know what? There's a little rapping in here, and that was a crossover thing. Yeah, when black folks hear this, they groove. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. They groove. It was a very cool, it was a very cool, like, before, you know, Aerosmith and Run DMC. Right, and right, before, right. Like, this is a really interesting thing that she went after. Because this is, there's some Blondie stuff that almost has a disco vibe. This kind of has a yeah, disco y vibe to it, does. it, right? It does. And then in the middle, she starts Fab Five Freddy and like starts going off on it. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah, if you could play a song at the skating ring, black people usually mess with it. Okay. We love to skate. This is a skating ring. This song. is a skating ring song. Yeah. So this is a good groove. In fact, I don't think they let you open a skating rink unless you have this song. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you. It's part of your permit. You yeah. have to show them Rapture, and then you're in. The fact that the song was called Rapture, I thought we thought was cool too. Blondie, REM, and Steve Winwood—three unique voices—to get us started today. 
appreciate Zay, as always, for all the musical thoughts now last week. He did hurt my feelings a little bit when he said Night Train was one of the worst songs he'd ever heard from Guns N' Roses. So I'm a little, I'm bracing myself today because if he goes after one of my favorites on Def Leppard's Hysteria, we may not talk for a while. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I ain't going to front to y'all listeners and you, Chad. I need to go listen to Appetite of Destruction again. Yeah? I, I, yeah. What okay. I've realized with Hysteria, I need a lot of listens and takes like it was our first one that we did uh-huh. you know we still had a lot going on we're still coming off the super bowl and stuff okay so it's now i can lock in and stuff okay. i need to go listen to appetite for destruction again because that what i give them a you give them seven, a 7.5 7.5 yeah mm. i i think that may <laughs> that might I, be a little different if i go bump that a couple more times. Yeah. It might be a little different. You were shocked at how high my grade was for Method Man, and then you just threw Guns N' Roses in the gutter. Yeah, ain't no way the passing gutter. is better than Appetite for Destruction. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love hip-hop, I know that. Uh, I, w- I am in a very nice mood as I get this Wu-Tang Clan thing started. I'm, very, I'm nice. I'm handing out... I'm handing out like you know higher grades than maybe I would if I was rip if I was really digging into music I already knew. Right. I'm, I'm being nice. I'm being very open minded to the hip hop world. Trying well, to be trying to be nice. You gotta be nice. And I and I did. I I felt like I wasn't gonna give Method Man just a passing grade. It felt like more than a passing grade to me. What do you get? You got an eight something, right? I got I got one like eight point five. Yeah, you were wilding with that one. Um, <laughs> do you think I should have dialed it back <laughs> a little bit? Should have dialed it back now. I think you could change it after you listen to the rest of the Wu Tang albums. Okay, I, I did think about maybe dialing it down. I'll, I'll allow that. you to change it. Okay, I, I think that's cool. If I take him down to like a eight point one or something, yeah. You, especially after you listen to, yeah. you know, ODB uh, and I've now been to the Brooklyn Zoo. I yeah. mean, once you've been there, it changes your whole world. Yeah, Cuban Links. You got that next week. Next and, week is Cuban Links with Raekwon. Yeah, Raekwon featuring Ghostface Killer. Okay. Man, I so need- look at it as a double album. Even though it's okay. Raekwon's album and he gets most of the credit, look at it as a joint album. Okay, with the both of those guys. Look at it, if you look at it like that, then I think that will change Raekwon, right? And Ghostface Killer, correct? All right, I need Ghostface Killer to be a really good rapper. You understand that? I think I, I love that name so much. He's pretty incredible. I need to be able to tell people I like Ghostface Killer. Yeah, he's pretty incredible. Okay, it's like when I hear one of these cool names in sports coming through, football, basketball player, it's like, oh, come on, man. Like Debrickishaw Ferguson, the first time I heard his name, I thought, you better be a badass because that's such a cool name. And he ended up being a pretty pretty good badass for a while. Yeah, Yeah. he was decent. All right, uh, so we'll do the album swap conversation at 2.05. Right now, let's get into that flex conversation. There's a lot going on with high school sports. Obviously, the basketball playoffs will start off. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, playoffs continue. You had games at the beginning of the week, which means now the end of the week. They're fitting in that next round of playoff games, including we told you about the Round Rock victory over Lake Travis. Round Rock Reagan is uh, coming up today. 
Uh, that game is today, and that would be that Reagan's going to be San Antonio. San Antonio Reagan, Reagan yes. yeah, thirty and five. Reagan coming into that game, the Stony Point team we've been talking about throughout the season. Uh, they are thirty and one. Zay taking on Cibolo Steel. They play tonight. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they keep going. Yeah, I think so. That's your pick, right? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Chad. I did not think Lake Travis would lose the Round Rock the way they did. So anything can happen. During this time of the year, yeah. anything can happen. You have one bad game, team That's that true. you're not used to facing or seeing, a coach might not scout another coach as well. They might have a different game plan or a different style of play. Anything could happen. Yeah, and A, like I always talk about with the football playoffs too, it is so real. that It's the truth. It reveals everything. But with basketball and not having a shot clock and the fact that you can change a game that much if you want to, and we had a final of 37-24 in the last round, but you also have games that are up in the 60s and up in the 70s. A lot of variation there. Yo, you just never know. There's nerves, too, because you know this could be your last game of the season. Hell, Chad, our best player, four-star player, Jeremy Green, graduated 2008, a year before me, ended up going to Stanford. Coach Terry and uh, Jerome Tang, they were always at our gym because they wanted Coach Barnes wanted them, and mm-hmm. uh, Scott Drew wanted them. Coach Barnes ended up taking Jacobin Brown, which was a good move. I like Jacobin, but that's why Green didn't go there. But he ended up going to Stanford. He puked twice during our playoff runs. Wow. The year prior and then his senior year. Just trash can at the end of the bench stuff? Well, once he just puked on the sideline. And we had a little, wow. we had to wait for them to come mop it up and stuff. It's like, bro, you're about to go play big time power six basketball. Like, I, I get it. I'm nervous as hell, too. Yeah. Every pass I make, I'm hoping it ain't a Dude, turnover. But as you just have that feeling, then... Yeah, it could go the other team's way, depending on, like, these are just 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids. Yeah, dude, I've told you, the ch- state championship team Waxahachie had in football, the star linebacker puked before every game. That's how they <laughs> knew they were ready. And Eric was a badass. I mean, he, dude, he was such an animal at linebacker. He was made to do it. Everybody feared him. He he was totally ready for every game, but he always got a little bit of nerves and had to puke. Had to yak. Yeah. Sometimes and sometimes at a practice leading up to the game, he would do it. Oh hell no! It was just kind of part of who he was. Yeah, and it, I'm concerned. But they would they they came to look for it, and then it was like now we're ready. Yeah. Now we're ready to roll. They always kept a trash can <laughs> off to the side, <laughs> practice, and before the game, ready to go. Best of luck to all those teams in the playoffs. If you missed last night's Wednesday Night Flex show, go check it out on our podcast page, hornfm.com. They talked to Stony Point star Josiah Mosley. If you haven't seen him, he's a damn good player, and he is going to be one of the reasons Stony Point advances if they do. Again, they play tonight. Uh, also, Zay, tomorrow is San Marcos Westlake. Westlake Woo! just, just getting by Westwood. They're going over to your neighborhood. They're playing at Bowie tomorrow night. That's right. We got that brand new gym that's been open for a couple of years now. So, yeah, a lot of playoff games will be there in the upcoming years. Beautiful facility that they have over there at my alma mater. There you go. That'll be tomorrow night. Uh, also, want to give a shout-out to some of the talent in the area on the football side of things. We've mentioned this name before. I keep seeing the name Marcus Boswell over and over and over again. Class of 24, he's over at Lake Travis. Running back, linebacker is how he is listed. And uh, there's a video of him you can go see at FLXATX on your social media. Uh, FlexATX, follow him there. 
uh, and uh, you know, tag them and stuff, especially if you've got videos of something you want to get out there of all different sports. He's got offers from Colorado, Arizona, UNLV, UTSA, Tulane, North Texas, Texas State, Wyoming, and Southeast Missouri State just to name a few. That's what I'm talking about. Talented guy out of the 24 class. Also, this, Zay, we've been talking about, we were talking about the Dripping Springs guys ending up in uh, Eugene, Oregon. How about this? Blake Frazier, offensive lineman at Vandegrift. He's uh, class of 24. He'll be a big part of the Vandegrift team this year. Big 6'6 offensive lineman. He is going to take an unofficial visit to Oregon March 14th through the 17th. Why not? He tweeted it out. Hope that is a great visit for you, Blake. Also, Blake letting us know he's going to Michigan March 17th through the 20th. He's going to go hang with Harbaugh for an unofficial visit. So uh, an offensive line prospect in the area going to visit the Ducks and going to visit the Wolverines. Get wine and dine, young man. Get wine and dine. Enjoy it, baby. Enjoy it. Tell you what, that's an interesting choice, too, uniform-wise. As the crap bag, I would tell him. That's really the two opposite ends of the realm. Do you want to be badass uniforms that always change, or do you want to be in a badass uniform that never changes? You'll wear it every single time, and you'll get incredible respect for it because it might be the best out there. Or do you go to Eugene where you'll never wear the same combination twice? So just like the questions that CDC was asked during his meeting the other day about the uniforms at Texas, which we know will never happen. Yeah. If I'm Michigan, I'm not going to lie, Chad. If they had a gold top and a blue bottom, that might be kind of fire. I know they never do that because they're old school, traditional, but gold top... Not the same, not gold on gold. That'll be a little tacky. You're saying the do a maize jersey, blue pants. Just yes. switch those two. Right. Well, then you'd have the pants and helmet still matching base color, and that always looks good to me. I, I only have one rule for that kind of stuff. I'll let them do it. First off, don't touch the helmet. Don't, no, don't touch the helmet. Touch the helmet. But the second thing I would say is as long as your opponent's not badass. You can't do it against a big-time, yeah. legendary opponent. I, when Michigan plays Ohio State, you got to look like you look. But if uh, I'm not trying to dog anybody out, but we all know what things are in the Big Ten, right? If you're playing Northwestern, Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota, any of those guys come to town, do what you need. Yeah, mess with it. I have no problem with that. I've grown to that point. I didn't used to be that way, but that's the way I feel about it now. If you're playing a lesser team or a awful non-con, you playing a bad non-con against like Akron or somebody. Yeah. Pff, Go ahead. When Ohio State goes black, it's pretty fire. And I know it probably took a lot Ooh, out of them to yeah, change their that, ways oh, and do that. Ugh. But it worked out. <laughs> oh, you. like you're in hives thinking about it. <laughs> I'm not, and I don't like Ohio State. I never root for them, but they're so, class, they're so classic looking. I just don't like that they touch that helmet. You can mess with jerseys. They, they did go black on black Ooh, on black. The black on the helmet bugged me when they did it. And as long as you're not, again, don't do it for Michigan. Don't do it for Michigan State. If you play Nebraska, you should probably look like you look. And there's just certain teams. Do it for the lesser teams. Do it for when the team. Just do it for the teams you're kind of messing around. There's so much damn red in that conference already. There when is you a, add yeah, Rutgers and Nebraska, like you just said, and Wisconsin. I get switching it up just a little bit. 
Yeah, I'll, again, I'll allow it a couple times. It's interesting to me that the schools that just stand against it, and CDC stood up for Texas this week, man. Texas fans have been that way for every moment that I've been here doing this job and every moment of my life, which is this is our uniform. We are not changing. Daryl Royal set it and set the path years ago, and from Mac Brown all the way down, nobody gets out of it. Nobody does. There's only one man, I think, who could have changed it, and he went to the pros. I think Vince could have changed it. If Vince comes back in 06 and walks to Mac's office and says, hey, one game, one time, black jersey or black helmet, I think it would have happened. That's it. I think that's the only thing that could have done it. Yeah. And by the way, Rod Babers had a wild idea the other day on the air. I'd never thought of this before. Rod's idea is make all the alternate stuff and sell it, just never wear it. I think that might be a brilliant way of handling it. Make black jerseys. Come up with some mock helmets. Sell them. People like seeing them. I've seen audit. They have. They have Earl and Ricky sign black helmets all the time. Make them. Make some black mini helmets. Make some regular size black helmets. See if people will buy them. I bet they do. Yeah. Make the money. But then when people ask, "You guys ever going to wear them?" Then CDC gets to go. Well, no. We're Texas. That's our uniform. You don't know that, but you're still making the money on the backside. That's, that's pretty brilliant. And then you could wear the jerseys to the game. If you're a fan and you love the black look, yeah. wear it. Hell, Texas basketball would still be wearing black if J.D. Lewis could guard J.J. Reddick. How dare you. There's no need to keep going back to the J.J. Reddick J.D., thing. I love you so much, man. That's not your fault, so but rude. don't bite on that pump fake, J.D. Mm. Stay down, J.D. Oh, it's tough. Stay down. That was rough. That was a big margin. I'm not even going to go back and look what that score was. How dare you bring that up? That was that was Zay. I, Zay brought that up. Oh, JD says on our show next year. Oh, we need him. I want to be clear on this tote board here. The Longhorn brought that up. The Aggie did not. Let's be clear here. The Aggie did not bring that up. The Longhorn brought that up. Uh, in fact, speaking of that Longhorn, where we at in society with Zay is coming right up. Then at 2.05, it is the album swap discussion. I'm talking ODB. Zay's talking Def Leppard. Who knows where that's going? Hopefully we get a clean version. Chad and Zay. I got a surprise for you. That's a great start to a song. That is a fantastic idea. Uh, it is Thursday. Chad and Zay with you. Voice kind of sounded familiar. It's a big time. Nah. No. All right, who is it? The Mary Jane Girls. Oh, this is way back. Okay. All night long, 1983, Mary yeah. Jane Girls were founded by Rick James. Is that right? Yeah, you remember? Oh. Get it? Mary Jane? Mary Jane Girls? Mary Jane Girls. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> they had a couple of hits. That's good. That is good. Of course, the group that he founds is going to be called the Mary Jane Girls. That's That's fantastic. Uh, the Mary Jane Girls, Blondie, R.E.M., and Steve Winwood have all been a part of it today. Zay's got a beat coming up to start this third hour. Will it be something from one of our two albums? We'll find out. Album swap discussion coming up. I'm talking ODB and the solo album from 95. And Zay's going to be talking Def Leppard and Hysteria from 1980. 
seven, making me feel old that it's been that long since Hysteria came out. We will get to that. Lots of stuff on uh, the sports board today, including Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness. We've talked some NFL there. Obviously, college basketball, uh, not just Texas. Both teams playing really well right now, men's and women's. Uh, And tonight you get Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry. You get Longhorn Blitz podcast right after that at eight o'clock. But we we did talk about the the Alabama story. Brandon Miller going off for forty one points last night with all of that stuff swirling around him. Uh, And in the end, it may be the best. It seems to be the best version for Brandon Miller. Obviously. you know, everybody wishing that uh, that the 23-year-old woman that was killed was not killed. Uh, but in terms of the involvement of Brandon Miller, it feels like he really was caught up in a weird, just a strange circumstance. Somebody's asking him to come pick him up, and as he's driving to them, they text him, Hey man, where are you? I need my joint, was the text. And the interpretation of that is that Darius Miles is saying, I need my gun. Uh, and there is also some information coming out that Miller might not have even read the text before he got down there. Uh, thankfully, Brandon Miller um, was not hurt. Thankfully, nobody else um, was hurt in that story. Obviously, the fact that the woman was killed is is awful. But thankfully, there was no, nobody else seriously hurt in the situation, including Brandon Miller. So he now, uh, you would assume, still gets to keep playing. Yesterday, Alabama said he is active and ready to go. So unless something really different comes out in that story, he's going to be able to play ball. And we'll continue to watch that story just as a college basketball story because they are the number 2 team in the country. And they are right now a one-seed, Zay, for Right? Yes. They're sitting at a one. They're sitting at a one. Yeah. So they're going to have to slip if, they lo- if they're going to lose that one seed. So we'll keep our eyes on that story as well. Um, right now, let's get a little where we at in society. We'll see what Zay wants to talk about today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, where am I headed today? Head to Twitter, Chad. All righty. Yeah, in order to be the GOAT in the NFL, you cannot fumble a lot and you got to win. Well, Tom Brady fumbled this bag, and he is losing for sure because Giselle is out and about wow. and driving Whew. in this divorce. Yeah, I sent you a couple of videos because she was in Brazil uh-huh. to reconnect with her country, uh-huh. and she did not miss the Rio Carnival where she showed that dancing that you see in that video, and she's wearing a crop top showing that midriff. Like, what kids did she have? Did she have children? Like, was she just an alien? Like, does she have one of those birds? Like, what do they call those birds that dropped off the kids? Oh, it's a stork? Like, does she have a stork or something? Because, man, that body different. It's different. Wow. And Tom Brady. Now now I've gotten to the dancing. Okay. I've never felt bad for Tom Brady in my life until I saw these videos. Wow. I kind of feel bad. Oh, there is a Shakira song that comes to mind. I know she I know she's not Brazilian, but mercy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And it's just the glow though. Like, you know, obviously she looks good, but look how happy she looks. And we know the rumors out there Tom is taking this year off. Because we know he's going with Fox in 2024, but he's taking the year off to hopefully rekindle his family and his relationship with Giselle, who looks like 
She's already moved on and then some. Yeah, how about this lucky old wackadoo in the red hat that gets to dance with her? You see this guy? What's that dude? Like <laughs> like some 58-year-old dude? She, he ain't dancing with her. She, oh, He wow. ain't dancing with her. I'm not going to let that slide. Like he, He's trying, and then once she saw him, he kind, she kind of moved aside. And Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that is. He's got to uh, be family or something. What do the kids? What do the kids call the pictures and videos of this nature now? Thirst trapping, yeah. Right on social media, this is this is yeah maybe her way of of you know letting everybody know she's out there, she's doing well. I just hope that the basic version of that story is not true. I really do hope. What do you mean? What basic the, version? That the basic idea of if it really was Tom decided he was retiring, then forty days later. There was a discussion that came up of, oh, I might want to play again. And that and that alone cost him the relationship with that woman. If that's the whole story, that's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Yeah, especially I, with the season that they just had? Exactly. Y'all, y'all just right, had? Exactly. And then your team pukes on their shoes, <laughs> somehow gets into the playoffs, and gets busted up by the Cowboys. So... There's all that, but there needs to be other layers to it. There really needs to be other ingredients. I don't need to know about them. I'm not that guy. I just want to believe that deep down there were other relationships at play. They'd been talking about it for a while. She was tired of him anyway. He was kind of tired of something. They were looking to move on. I really hope it's not just about if you're going to go back and play football, I'm leaving. It's over. It's done. See, and that was the only thing. Because to me, that would be really sad. That would be really sad. If somebody on blast trying to put, or put me on blast on the Specs text line, Zay, you're saying she has a glow. How often are you sitting around looking at this girl watching videos of her? That's the point, Chad. She wasn't doing this. No, she wasn't. When Tom was playing. No. Giselle was not out and about because, for respect of her man, she didn't want to become a distraction. She knew in order for Tom, to be successful, he couldn't have no outside distraction, especially if she was making videos like this. That's a distraction to what Tom Brady. We know how Tom locked in Tom Brady is uh, to his football success. And you know how disrespectful he could be if you try to get in the way with that, which is probably a big reason why they get a divorce in the first place. But still, I ain't looking. Giselle's throwing it out there. And it ain't no coincidence that she's doing it now that they split up. So here's the other part of it. Let's make sure we are clear on this. And by the way, I'm uh, I'm just making sure I do my job here and retweet these things, Zay. <laughs> it's my job to let the it's people job. know. It's our job, yeah. It's yeah. our job to let the people know. So let me make sure I, I make sure I retweet both of them, both the her walking around, walking up that ramp, um, looking incredible, and then the dancing. All right, I've done that now. Here's the other key. For those of you out there, you cynical bastards out there, that were saying that that guy was hanging with Giselle just so he could have a relationship with her and that he wasn't really her trainer, clearly you're all wrong. Are you looking directly at this woman? Clearly, Zay, they can compartmentalize the relationship and the training part. They are training. They're training. They're not missing ab day. They're not missing leg day. They're not missing cardio. Only thing they're missing is pasta. Yes. That's the only thing they're missing. Complex carbs? They are missing those. She looks unbelievable. When she is at her best, the the description I would give to that, I mean, the, the, the body's incredible, obviously. She's an international model and everything. The ease of her smile. 
right. is when Giselle takes it to that next level. She just effortlessly can look like that. And then she throws that little half smile on you up to like a three-fourths smile. It's not even a full smile. And she just – the word glow is a good way to describe it. She gives you that, hey, by the way, I'm not just kind of a model. I'm not just known around the world. I am the model. I am the model. The standard. <laughs> I am the goat of my world, too. Just so you know. Yeah. It's impressive. That's like, impressive. The dance moves, that's what gets me. Oh, dude. When you talk about happiness, th- those hips scream, I'm thriving without you. And in those shoes, I don't think those are easy-looking <laughs> shoes to... She's in like... <laughs> Yo, Tom, dude, I know those this heels? hurts. Look at those heels. Like, Tom, my chest hurts just from watching this for you as a man. Like, that, to lose a woman and to have that woman go on and look like she's having the best. Like, you want your woman, when she leaves you or you leave her, you want her to be crying all the time, listening to Adele and Mary J. Blige, old songs and right. stuff, just watching <laughs> old bad rom-coms. You know, love nope. actually. Nope. All those, the holiday, all them. You don't want this. You don't, you don't want, want this. this. By the way, another thing about the power of this level of good looking people go back and watch the video and ask yourself that blonde right next to her A, how good looking is she to start with? And B, what does she look like next to Giselle? Go watch that part. She's got to be one of the most terrifying people to be friends with if you're a girl. Right. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm an international model myself. And, oh, so you're friends with Giselle? Yes, we are best friends. I love her to death. You guys go out together? I never go out with her. Are you crazy? Oh, are yeah. you nuts? I, I, I look like a dog compared to her. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. I would love to be Michael B., uh, hang out with Michael B. Jordan. He probably <laughs> wouldn't be my friend because I'm not attractive enough. Oh, I'd be cramping his style. My goodness. My goodness. Just hanging, just hanging out near that kind of good looking though. Yeah, it's got to be a good thing. On um, if you're looking for attention, then it's got to be a great thing. Good for her. Good for Giselle. Damn, Tom. Man, oh man. Yes. Let's hope it's a more of a complex story than that. Because if you chose that football season over that, <laughs> someone on the specs line said our wives are about to be pissed. Hey, we're just doing our job, Chad. Man, we're just doing our job. You chose Leonard Fournette over that. <laughs> You chose you chose Chris Godwin over that. I mean, you knew Gron- you had to come in and look at the grown man version of Gary Coleman every day for that. Yeah, like your coach left. You remember that, right? The dude with the Darth Vader pack. He left. You knew Gronk was going to do that Super Bowl kick, right? He oh told you, my he, goodness! He told you he was gone. Like the woman was living with you in New England, bruh. My God. And up towards that Foxborough, Boston area in the cold for you. And you said, nah, I got to keep playing. What's left of Julio Jones or that? <laughs> All right. Hey, to each his own. To each his own. Two o'clock hours coming up. Speaking of to each his own, some of you may be Def Leppard hysteria people, and some of you may be old dirty bastard. Return of the 36 cham- to the 36 chambers. Dirty version kind of people. Zay and I are going to tell you about these albums that are a little out of our comfort zone next. The album swap session for the week is next on The Horn.